Welcome to The Solution, a real estate podcast for agents by agents, hosted by Jeff Seabock and Phil Sexton. Jeff and Phil run a residential real estate team that'll close over $250 million worth of homes in 2018, and they are sharing their insights on growing a team and winning in the living room with actual buyers and sellers. Enjoy. Episode number nine. Welcome to the party, the hashtag Ask Jeff and Phil show. Today, I'm your host, Phil Sexton, and my co-host, Jeff Seabach, will be joining us shortly. He's actually talking with an agent right now who is um, considering, who's looking for assistance in running their real estate business, and so he'll be right over. But I first wanted to start with the intro, our big intro, which Mauricio, are we going to get that in, our intro scripted here? Or maybe a teleprompter for our, for our intro. But I wanted to first start and say, this is the show that Jeff Seabach who will be here soon, and Phil Sexton, answer the questions that you guys send over to us. So as you have questions on running your real estate business, talking about real estate teams, talking about marketing your business, talking about how we help consumers sell their houses, everything that encompasses a residential realtor's business or real estate agent's business, except for commission, we're happy to have that conversation here today on Jeff and Phil's Originals. So the Ask Jeff and Phil show, is much better when there's interaction, and I I know that we have some 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 usual suspects that I'm hoping come back to the party today because we enjoy the questions, we enjoy the interaction, and so I ask you, the Ask Jeff and Phil Show asks you for your questions so that we can get this party started. Now, in the meantime, I thought that I would um oh I don't know we Jeff and I meet with a lot of agents on a regular basis and it seems like right now there are whenever the market gets hot what happens in this industry more agents come aboard more people get licensed and so now we're having conversations with more new agents that are just licensed than we ever had it's always it's always fun to to hear their questions, to see their dreams, to figure out what it is they're trying to do and figure out how we can help them get there, how we can help answer their questions in a way that, that puts them in the right direction. But Jeff! I always wondered why Gary Vee was eating. Now I know why. Why? Because if you record every moment of what you do, you're eating at some point. Yes, <laughs> right. You, We actually got called out for eating on the show. Who? It was um, maybe episode two. Where I was chewing on a lifesaver, you were eating maybe some chocolate covered almonds. I put it in now. Yeah. <laughs> and it was uh, it's three o'clock. You know what I mean? No, it wasn't either one of them. It was a different. It was different. It was different. It was different. But tonight's kind of exciting. You know, we have there's a call night going on tonight. I love call night. I do too. That's uh, <laughs> we. Do you wanna? What do you wanna talk about, Jeff? I don't know. There's so many different things to talk about. I guess I want to talk about... The fact that my wife is due tomorrow? The fact that you're still here today? And I'm still here, yes. Well, she... No baby yet. Although I did get an update from her. Are we going to be sharing you from home? Should she... Maybe she needs to have a cameo in today's show. Why? She would appreciate that. Just because people ask, how's your wife doing? (laughs) (laughs) she'll appreciate that Um, she's doing good she's trying to walk that baby out so anyway very i I guess i want to go on value 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 what value an agent provides to consumers yeah what value an agent provides consumers nice but today we're going to focus on the online lead A, a, a thing about the idea i have for value is how do you offer value without kind of being in your face about it. Meaning, how do you demonstrate value as a realtor? Wow. Yeah. I'm on that one, right? On freaking Wednesday at three o'clock, how do we demonstrate value? Yeah. Because I don't think it's clear for everybody to know how I present value in trying to increase the level of agency out there what are things that we can do that when let's say a buyer contacts you what are things that you what what are things that when you talk demonstrate that you have value mm. okay i think that that is uh i want i, I guess i kind of would wonder what people would think i mean like so in this case i, I wanted to talk about street names okay 
So, because okay. when a buyer works with you as an agent, there's going to be two reasons. I, I think the agents mostly think they always work the personal connection side of the business. You know, yes. I when do. all right, so let, it's like when you it's, like baseball. <laughs> I like baseball. <laughs> no, I'm talking about when someone walks into your open house. I would say that 99% of agents, even in that ma- the presentation we were doing, they focus on how are you, where are you from, in trying to make a personal connection. Yes. And that style of business is less successful than it once was. And the reason why it's less successful is because <coughs> the... The availability of quality agents is supremely greater than it was just three years ago. Okay. Right? So, and I think that that agents need to realize this is the change in the mindset that the consumer can now find a specialist in Arcadia for someone that what that can identify fix up homes substantially greater than they could three years ago. Substantially, right? Because as we do, as we put out videos and as we put out social media, as they now, let's say, let's take it back to really what it is, is if they go to Zillow, they can look up who the listing agents are okay. without contacting anybody. What I'm saying is that, they can look up how many listed homes they have. They can go to Google, look up their Google profile. They can look up any videos they have on YouTube. They can look at, meaning that your digital footprint is your identity. So the question is, is that, you know, in the open house, if you're not displaying something of value, that you're not going to be able to convert them because they're wanting expertise. So that you have to be delivering expertise. And how do you do that? What does that look like? For me, I think that we get too far away from the idea of having something that they can't see and that you have been in. And that if you just talk about it, you're oozing value, right? Like, so if I'm in Arcadia, you're, you're, you'd be like, well, you know, me and my client were over at LGO or me and my client were over at the Oso Brewery or me and my client were having my kids love. Jake there's a hand. No, 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 no. Oh. There's a hamburger joint. Is it called the joint? No, it's called. Is it the joint? There is a joint. There is a the joint. Yeah, no, it's called the the firm. The what's the? Uh, Moment, can you get the name of it? It's called the an Indian school in the strip mall. Yeah, right. The um, I gotta look up it because there's a the patty. It's close. Yeah, it's just the the stand. The stand. Moment. (laughs) Yeah, baby, the stand. So me and my client wrote, because you want to be, to me, it's uh, James Spader. Oh, The Blacklist. The Blacklist, right? Yes. Like, I loved The Blacklist for a while. It was a show on NBC. A show on NBC, yeah. I don't know if it's still on. Right. So uh, James Spader, this is the integrating, because I'm really in the story time, set, to, as you can tell, right? So, meaning, this is creating value at the open house mm-hmm. by you telling a story of you being local mm-hmm. that lets them believe that you're a local expert as you tell a story about an unlisted house. As you intertwine the whole thing, it's demonstrating value without being like, I am, you know, okay. I'll tell you a story. I know where you're going. That's why I'm just letting you run. Oh, okay. You want me to, no, no, no. Me to so, so, so let's my son, my to- son's, friend we would be driving to california he compared everything to the stand right like if you had a burger no matter where it's not as good as a stand not as good, the milkshakes are not as good as a stand i gotta go to stand but anyway so in telling the story you're like me and my client were over at the stand you know it's off of 44th street and 
Indian school because you got to tell the story like it's real, right? That close? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, and, seriously. <laughs> and we have a house over there that's not currently. We I took them to a house. Oh man, it has an open floor plan, Phil. The kitchen, it's all one level. It has a pool. Close enough. There's a pool. Yeah. And it's at a, the end of a cul-de-sac. It's going to be about 700,000. Is that right? Like, so, because they want to know that you're a local area expert. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you deliver this value? You just tell them, I'm a local area expert. No, wrong, broken. They don't. Why? Because that that's called me, me, me. Oh. Yeah. I, wait a minute. I've been doing this for 36 years. Broken wrong. Don't say that. Uh, that means nothing. I, I'm i a native. Eh. Oh, you know, you can say it. You can think it's going to work and grow your business. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Not. Mm-mm. Uh, I'm on a real estate team. I don't know, Jeff. Give me the answer. Give me the goods. No, you want to be, um, I know the area. I know the streets. I know the restaurants. And most importantly, I know the unlisted inventory in the neighborhood. Yeah. But how do we dangle that is the question. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Through the words that come out of this orifice. Yeah. But it, but, but <clears throat> the thing is, is we always want to shorten it. We always want to, you know what I mean? We always want to get to the point. But I'm in, I like the storytelling. What do you, what did you want to talk about? That's what I'm, I'm dude, you got me, I'm hooked. I'm, I'm going north and south, Jeff. Okay, I'm going north and okay. south. What do you, okay, so what's next? You said James Shader? Spader. Spader. Right, because Blacklist, like, kind of the you, break, let's break all those three things down. Okay. All right. So, because I would watch the Blacklist and James Spader would be like, you know, we got to go to Costa Rica, but if you have you ever tried Emma's scones to die for? In Costa Rica? In Costa Rica, yeah. Oh. Like, so do you think that James Spader has been to Costa Rica if he's talking about Emma's scones? Yes. Right? Like, all the dew coming off of that river while you're eating the scones on an early Sunday morning? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, it's... You must her, have her the scones. double cappuccino is definitely the way to go. I think that now you know about Costa Rica. Right. What it is is people give you more credit. So the key is focusing on things that are part of the real estate process. Because agents not only have to deliver it in the open house, but they have to deliver it deliver it through the they have to deliver it through their website and their social media to distribute. Oh, we got a question. Awesome. Wait a minute. And, so are I'm, we going to do a rule about, uh, is there anything I wonder, are we going to focus with agents that are licensed or not? Cause I know we had a lot of comments from, we kind of don't love regurgitated stuff and that's not part of our, no, yeah. let's go. Let's say, so Tanya has a question. While you're while you're talking though, Anne Furnish is the name that I was looking for. So, do you know who? Do you know Principal Furnish? No. She's the principal at Copper Canyon Elementary School, just north Fifty Six and Bell. No. They've got their program for preschool is got great reviews. Like people are sending their kids there for their kindergarten program. They got I don't know. The last time I heard it was like four classes because the principal Furnish does such a great job there. Just saying. Excellent. This See, is, Phil gets it. Phil gets it. I'm just trying to give an, another example of what it is that you're Wonderful. talking about. Thank I you. I didn't know. So I take a room. Like, I have stories from people that talk to me at open houses about what they love, what they don't love about neighborhoods. I got, I get a lot of compliments about Copper Canyon Elementary School. So I have to go do a little bit of research and find Copper Canyon's principal is Anne Furnish. And so now I can talk about it using her name, which gives me additional credibility, right? So some of the research, because people ask us all the time, what do you but, do? But I think, though, that you have to have been to that school. I've been to the school. I just don't, I can't remember everybody's name off the tip of my tongue. Right. So let me go, let me find one extra piece of data that I can Excellent. use 
yeah. to help you with your point. We got a question from the audience. All right, Tanya Vickery. First Tanya, I'm really interested in how you get the unlisted inventory. Me too. Let's talk about that. Great. So she then says, "Do you knock the week prior to your open houses?" Question mark. Um, so we'll incorporate that in our answer. Yeah. So I call it the P4, the uh, proprietary property procurement process. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna teach a, a class on it, and it is a I think it's five or six steps on ways to identify homes that are unlisted. Um, <laughs> actually, um, the focus is not door knocking, but that is helpful. That is helpful. That is definitely one of the steps. I love door knocking. I love strategic door knocking. Strategic. Well, the thing is, is that if you're, I guess we'll give a strategy. Do you door knock? The answer is, uh, my focus is not that. Um, I guess we keep saying your focus is not that. As did you deposit the check that we got from? The deal that just closed that we got door knocking? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So yeah, it's not your focus. Yes. But do we... Well, because we worked in neighborhoods that you weren't it, allowed to door knock. Was it two weeks ago that we deposited yes. that check from door knocking? Right. So okay. we did do door Well, we'll tell the story of door knocking. All right. All right. But trying to find... We were door knocking in that instance, though, to list houses. Not to prepare for an open house. Not no, not to find homes for unlisted homes Fair for enough. a buyer. And Tanya, yes, the answer is yes, we do. So what it is is that one of the ways that we identify unlisted houses for buyers in the open house is you do. You take a flyer and you knock on the door and when they answer it, you say we do lots of marketing for the open houses. And if the buyer doesn't love, love, love the house, because you always want to make sure that you're representing the seller, they may want to see other floor plans that are similar. Would you be interested, if I had a buyer, would you let me bring them over? And yes, that is a part of the P4 process. Thank you. Absolutely, that is one of the ways. The hard part is to do it every single time. If it's a if it's an open house that you're door knocking before, I, will, I don't take a, a property flyer. I take a invitation to the open house and it looks a lot like a flyer, except on the top of it in really big letters, it says you're invited. And then it's got one picture of the house, how they can get more info, and then the date, the time, and my contact information. And it is just an invitation. It's an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, folded in half. I knock. And it's a strategy that Phil has used often before open houses and they do come. So here you go. You walk up to the door. I go knock, 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 knock on the door. I take six steps back. I turn sideways. They learned that from me. Uh, that's just Jeff Seabock. Yeah, door that's knocking. door knocking that's strategy. One on one. When I went to, when I, I worked for Southwestern Book Company <laughs> back in 1996. Book Company? Book Southwestern oh. Book Company out of Nashville, Tennessee, and I knocked on doors out in California, and they said dress like a college student, which is a polo <coughs> and um, khaki, sh yeah, shorts, <laughs> nice. like pants. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah, and then turn sideways so that they, because usually people don't do that, and they just make they get them a chance to look you up and down, makes them feel good about you, and they open the door. Right. Turn sideways and then they, but uh, the script, say, can you repeat the script? I don't know that I even said it. Did you? They say, yes. And I go, oh, hey, my name's Phil. I uh, just wanted to invite you. We listed the house. We listed the house down the street. We listed the house on the corner. This week, we're going to be holding it open on Saturday. And I just wanted to invite you down to see if uh, you wanted to come check it out. We'll be there from one to four. Maybe I'll see you there. And they say, okay, thanks. And I, I walk away and I say, whoa. What was your name? Jeff? All right. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, we're about... And then we send a thank you letter to them. We're, we definitely try a non-aggressive approach. I mean, if they engage you in conversation, you'd say, well, sometimes people love the neighborhood and would like to see other houses. Uh, but most importantly, add them to your database. Send them a thank you card. And then hopefully they'll come to your open Yeah, house. so if I was um, better, when people engage you, that's when you say, Jeff already said it, but just to repeat it, is, you know, we're probably going to get 15 to 30 people through the house. Obviously, not all of them can buy it. 
assuming that they ask me if there's any other properties in the neighborhood that might want to sell. Do you want me to mention yours? All good. Either way. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not tied to that. I'm like, okay, personally, good. my goal is in preparing for the open house is to, if the buyer doesn't want to buy the house is to have unlisted inventory nearby that would allow me to take a buyer to, Oh, right. Cause we had a, a open house visitor and our buyer took him to see the other houses. Our agent. And then he sold the, the house he was in because he was able to show them other houses nearby. But actually my, one of the tactics is if I'm sitting in open house and we're going down that line, I personally like to see all of the active inventory. That's how I ooze value. Right, because a lot of times they haven't been able to see every house that's available for sale in that vicinity. Right. But you have. Right. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be unlisted. It can sometimes be the listed one. So when somebody comes in and talks to you about this one or says, oh, you know, this one was great, but I was really looking for something with an additional this or without that, whatever it is. And you know what it is and it's right over there and you've been to it. That's when you say, have you seen the one on Mockingbird? Well, it creates the script for you because you don't have, especially if you're a newer agent. It's a, one of our favorite strategies for newer agents because the newer agents are like, what do I say? What do I say? How about this? Go look at 15, 20 houses. If it's a four bedroom, look at three bedroom, four bedroom. If it has a pool, make sure you see most of them that have a pool, right? So it does matter if you, if you've gone and saw, because that's what you should be talking about, right? Like, how can you be a home finder if you're talking about if they're asking them if they're from Wisconsin, right? Or, you know, the, like, like you're, you're, that's back to your, you, I mean, this is what we started with, right? And how you display your value, how you articulate value to people. It's important to be friendly. I think that, I think that it helps you if you're friendly. I think it helps you. Yeah. I mean, inviting, I mean, to me, Joseph and Joanne were the, um, best open house converters ever. They're friendly. They're, they were, I mean, as inviting of, uh, you know, they used to sit at a table and you win and you could talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, let's see other social, the other, another way to find unlisted inventory, Jeff. Okay. So the, the first way that we talk about is to, drive the neighborhood on a Wednesday or Thursday, right? Or just like a couple of times. Because the reality is this, is what happens now is that buyers are doing this and the agents aren't. Fact. Fact. But if you are out driving the neighborhood, you are going to start to see signs of a people considering selling. Right. So what are the signs? Anyone want to guess? Oh, um, there's a there's a real estate agent car that has magnets on the side of it <laughs> parked in front of a house. Yes. 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 Um, there is a Champs Post installation truck oh. driving through a yes, neighborhood. Right. Exactly. No, that's what it is. No. What I was going for is the th- a sign. Painters. Oh, painters? Painters. So if somebody's painting the house, that means they're going to sell it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The most, I, I, you know, having been in, why can't I get that to, why is it, oh, I turned off the, I was going to my P4 process just to make sure I didn't skip anything. Nice. Yeah, now we can look at it. Okay, good deal. Yeah, so, drive the neighborhood. Right. Oh, when you drive the neighborhood, you will see things because what do people do? I mean, I, I think paint is the most common thing, meaning they paint the outside of their house or they paint the inside of their house when they're getting ready. So when you see a truck there, you would knock on the door and say, because if you're out previewing a neighborhood and you have a buyer, you would just then go to that house and say, you know what? I have a buyer. Are you, the script I have is very complex, so I'll read it to you. You know, this might sound crazy, but I'm working with Mary and Joe Tom. That was just pseudo names for your potential buyer. And then you would insert your buyer's names there. But And they would just love to be in this neighborhood. And I was out looking at all the available houses, and they haven't f- found one yet. When most people are getting their house painted, they're prepping to move. Are you guys considering moving? He who speaks first loses. 
<laughs> yeah. So remodelers, you're looking for dump trucks. You're looking for like just like Phil said, a sign in the yard. What right? about call? meaning meaning a post? Because now what agents are doing because the market is super hot is they're putting their sign up a week or two in advance because they're trying to sell the house themselves. I got one on my street where the sign is up. It doesn't even say coming soon. I'm waiting for it to hit the Or maybe it says rental. (laughs) Do you think that people want to rent? No. I mean, if you're, you know, Cerberus or somebody that wants to buy houses at home for 30 years or you're Jeff Seabach, yes, you want to keep renting. But, okay, number two. Did you just compare yourself to Cerberus? I did. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah, but we both want to buy houses and hold them for a long time and rent them, which <laughs> so, is true. That's true. Okay, all right. all right. Okay, so number two. So number one was preview homes by driving around the neighborhood, and then when you're previewing the home, pay attention looking for – it was like – did you not tell the story about looking for money in New York? Or I think that's birds, what or birds. Yeah, yes. exactly. Same idea is that if you're not looking for these signs, you're not going to see them. But just different things that indicate. And then when you see the sign, the toughest part is taking action. Get out of your, park your car, get out of your freaking car, and then go in there. Door knock on the door. Right, because you're doing the job for your buyer. We'll get to the door knocking store because you're going to hear later. We were doing a job for our buyer. That's how we identified some sellers accidentally. But number two is um, calling canceled and expired, Tanya. So... Cancel. This is the patented P4 proprietary procurement property process. I still think pursuit should be in there somewhere. Okay. It's not. The P5. (laughs) The pursuit of proprietary procurement. Proprietary pursuit. (laughs) You just like that word. It's a good word. All right. So number two is called casing inspire. So what does that mean, Jeff? Okay. So you know how we build a search for... Active homes. That is the common thing that agents will do. And you send them to clients. And you send them to clients. So take that same query. So you have like a neighborhood. Let's say you have Trilogy or whatever your neighborhood is in the subdivision field. Or you just draw a map of the area. Uh, Your buyer. Because typically buyers look in a two-mile, three-mile radius or neighborhood radius somewhere in there. Maybe even five miles. Instead of saying active, select cancel and expired. But then go back five years. Oh, no. Oh. oh, five years? Yes, five years. Okay, well, because the thing is, is the market has been kind of flat in a lot of areas since 2013. Anyway, can you work in pronostication? We, we, we pronosticate. What does that mean? <laughs> the action of foretelling or prophesizing future events. We predicted the successful, oh. where the market was going, five, four years in a, a row. Prophecy. Prophecy. Anyway, I, I, um, anyway, let's get back on to pr- 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 number two. I like Amy Jones. Cancel the expired. We'll get there. We'll get there. Hold up. Getting rid of rubbish, cleaning up landscaping, replacing carpet, tile. Yes. yes. Contractors. Dumpsters. Why not? Right? Like the yes. thing is, is we're in the job of meeting people. Our hope is to meet homeowners. There's no negative to you knocking on that door saying that you have, because the goal is to tell a neighbor or a homeowner that you are working with a buyer. Like that's value. That's a group. That's a value conversation. I got a buyer. Anyway, back to the canceled and expired. So you go back five years in the MLS. Instead of picking the actives, now you could cancel expired, go back to 2013. And now you have to look though, to see if the house canceled, expired or canceled. And then if it's not, has not sold, Meaning that you have your list, let's say it's 58 homes. And you'll see that probably 20 to 25 of them relisted and sold in their time. But there's probably another 25, and that's what you're looking for, of homes that tried to sell but did not. And they're the the same owner in the tax records. Exactly. So again, you could A, softball it and deliver them a... uh, notes to their door or writing them a letter um or what i say is or you could call the agent if you're unable to find the seller contact or if you're lazy scared or simply don't have the courage to knock on the door okay right because the thing is is you can just call the agent and then the agent has that contact information or you can just belly up to the bar walk off knock on the door and then here's the script 
Okay, you ready? Right ready. now. Yeah. All right. You know, this might sound crazy, but I'm working with Mary, Joe, and Tom. You know, I like to tell them a story at this time. They've been looking in the neighborhood. I have been working with them since 2015, and they've been looking for a long time, and they were really looking for the dream home. I think stories are good there. Okay. And they just love this neighborhood. Sound familiar? And I was out looking at all the available houses, and they just haven't found the one. Would you move if you got a great price? He who speaks first loses. Yes. Yes. All right. Good deal. All right. Pause and let them answer. That's what that was. That was me emulating a pause. You mean take a note? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you do not know someone, it pause and let them answer. If you do not, know, oh, if they, if you do not, the answer is like so. This is the you know because they usually give you the let script, them off the hook. right? Let them off the hook. Oh, that's okay. If you don't, if you're not interested in selling, do you know anyone that does? Question mark script. Yeah. Pause. Okay. Pause. Yeah. So, and then follow up with a thank you and add them to your database. Okay, number three. Okay, so when you look, go back to the, that same query that you built, and you look at all of the active homes on the market, you look at the under contract and the pending. In our MLS in, in Arizona, you can organize by who the, the amount of agents, right? If you look at three years of inventory, see who's got more than a couple and you could call the dominant agents, meaning people that have listed a couple, because in the North Scottsdale, we have about, I don't know, what, about 200 houses in pre-lists, right? Meaning that when you, yeah. when an agent that sells a lot of houses knows of homes that are not listed yet. The other thing is, is you could just even call the active agents, because if that active agent is sitting in open house, if that agent's sitting open houses, they're going to know of neighbors because the neighbors who have come in, come in there. Is that a word? Come in there. C O M N. Come in there. Yeah. D. Move on. E R. Mauricio gave them. Come, move on. Come in there. Okay. All right. So here's your script when you're calling the active agents. Ready? You know, my, this might sound crazy, but I'm working with Mary, Joe, and Tom. Tell them the story of Mary, Joe, and Tom. Right? And because they. They just love this neighborhood, and I was reaching out to you because they haven't found the one. And I know that if you're sitting your 123 Main Street house open, when I sat my open houses, I would have neighbors that came by. Do you know any neighbors that are considering listing? Hey. Yeah, there you go. All right, nice. cool. All right, so that was number three. You're going to give them all? Are we giving, is this, how much time do we have? Do we, I guess we have no more, no more questions. Although I like Bill Risser's question. Okay. Can you work in prognostication? We do. What do you want, what do you want to know? Yeah. Hold on. I, I'm going to need an example of working in prognostication, Bill. If I, I know, I, my guess is that you're probably walking near a body of water. It looks Gulf-like. I don't know that it's Atlanta-like. I feel like. Do you people swim in that swamp? <laughs> I'm guessing that, you know, you were using, uh, you're maybe wearing a shirt of a sponsor of a podcast or something like that. Anyway, uh, curious what you mean by that. Yeah. What is, uh, can you work in prognostication? Here's what I'm guessing you mean. I'm going to prognosticate what you're saying. And that is, do we say we have a client even if we don't? Is that what you're asking? Oh, we because don't do we that. might be getting a client. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're no, asking? No, no, no. I'm just guessing. No, I don't no, know no, what he's no, asking. I'm no, just... I mean, that... do, you, do you think that's what he's asking? I, I bet you, you, you're, you know, okay. you know right. him. In, right. in, okay. Yeah. See, I, don't I think that. that yeah, I don't. I don't love that answer at all, because our mantra has not been to create something that's not there. Right now we do in marketing, try and push the envelope as much as possible. But the most serious thing that you have is that people can believe are very good at telling whether you're faking and that your reputation is based on too much faking means not enough business is usually what happens unless, I mean, you know, I saw, I know some of the top selling agents out there that are very good at it. And they get away with it, but most of us suck at lying. Mm. So if you suck at lying, it's going to ooze through your face. When you have a buyer, 
That's going to ooze through your face. It's going to ooze through your face as well. And because what you really want to do is honestly, because you're working for that buyer and you're previewing for that buyer. When they say that, you you get excited because you're like, ooh, 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 can I bring my buyer over? Ooh, 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 right? Like, because they want to work with people that re- that tell the truth and that really have business. And then you get to turn up. Ooh, 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 ooh. Well, they asked me to look at it first, right? But that's why you have to be sincere because they have to believe that you have one. But because when you have one and you tell a story, like, you know what? They hit the website. They're moving from Illinois. They have a house to sell. It's on the market. They just got an offer. They're coming next week. When can I, can I take a look at your house today at four after the open house? Or can I just squeeze through it right now? Yeah. Real stories work. Sometimes the timing is your best friend. Like maybe you're going to do two open houses at a venue and the first one you meet people in. And and so then before, when you meet a buyer at an open house, that's looking obviously in that neighborhood in that price range in that for that size, you can then go out and dangle that buyer or leverage that buyer to the people that you're door knocking for, because you actually met somebody at the open house. So you're saying that go to an you are going to pre-knock to find, find out before, then you go to the open house, and now you have one. Now you go back and say, you know what? Last week you said you weren't interested, but they really want your floor plan. Are you sure you don't? Whether want- it's the same doors or not, it doesn't have to be the same doors. It can be different doors. Hey, last week I don't know if you saw my signs. We held our house open right there, and a buyer came through and said that she ha- she would only buy a house that had X. I think your house has X. Do you have any interest in 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 looking at an offer? Hold on a second. I'm very right back. Do you have any interest yeah. in selling it? Another way, and I appreciate the unlisted houses conversation because we focus a lot on that. I think that there is a website out there. It starts with a Z. It's a real estate related website. I don't know if anybody can guess which one I'm talking about. I'll wait about three more seconds. Ends with Illo. Okay, Zillow. Yeah, and they have a section on there called Coming Soon. And so if you do, I just assume that all clients are looking on Zillow for houses. That's just, Maybe it's a bad assumption, but it is an assumption. And so when you're on Zillow and you can click a Coming Soon option to see all the houses that aren't listed yet, but are the, that are coming soon, I assume my buyers are doing that. If I'm not doing that as an agent, then I think I'm behind. If I am doing that as an agent, sometimes I can bring those uh, additional opportunities to my client's attention before they find them, right? Uh, this whole game about unlisted inventory is to try to provide value to your clients. Let's go out there and be house hunters. Let's go find the properties that, that are out there. Another spot is for sale by owner.com or whatever websites allow you to list your house for sale by owner, because there's no better question to ask a FISBO seller than Hey, I've got a buyer that's interested. How do we set this up? What does this What does this look like? Uh, what else? What else? We actually on our team, and if you guys are on teams or at brokerages or whatnot, this is a strategy that we use. We share a document that is a Google spreadsheet. It is titled, I don't know if you can see that, "Unlisted Homes by Seabock Team Members." And then so as our collective group, our collective team goes out and finds properties, we then add them to the spreadsheet. And there are currently 77 houses on the spreadsheet that our team members have identified that they want to sell, but they're not on the market yet. And that list is um, you go on a listing appointment and they're undecided. They want to wait till end of summer. They want to wait till their school starts. They want to wait till the year turns, whatever the reasoning, they decide that it's not going to be now. Let's add them to the spreadsheet. Now we have that unlisted house. I, I try to (coughs) simplify things as I'm working. Amy, Joe, you're, you're, you're giving me a question that I'll, I'll read here in a second. In my simplification of things, I take it down to one word and that's leverage. And what we're trying to do is to leverage the buyers that we have, leverage the people that we're meeting in open houses, leverage the people that we are looking for houses for in an area to help us find more sellers. And when we find sellers, whether they're listed or not, we leverage those sellers or those houses or those individuals 
to help us find more buyers. And the perfect way, of course, is in an open house when you say, I got a guy down the street that wants to sell. Let me check with him to see if he wants to show, to see if when his house is show is ready to show. Uh, assuming that it's this week, what's the best number to reach you on? That style of script is one that I find is very effective to leverage the information that we have. All right, so Amy Jo Gray, share what you say when an open house visitor says they are working with a realtor. I like, no problem. Do you still want me to let you know about unlisted, unadvertised homes for sale in the neighborhood? Question mark. We keep a list. Yeah, I like that too. It's tough. I think that um, I got to address a couple of things in that, Amy Joe. Thank you for the question. And that's that buyers went to a class and the class said, if you ever go to, if you ever talk to a realtor, if you ever go to an open house, if a realtor ever asks you for anything or calls you, just tell them I'm working with an agent and then I'll leave you alone. Just tell them, I'm working with an agent, leave them alone. And I have, uh, Jeff and I have a different strategy. When somebody says I'm working with an agent, it is to be helpful because we are in the relationship business. We have to develop relationships. We have to be helpful. It's like, how can I be helpful for agents out there that are members of the Jeff and Phil's original group? Well, let's share information that we share with our team and hopefully you guys get something out of it and hopefully we all win in the long run. When somebody says I'm working with an agent and I say, that's awesome. Uh, what area is it that you're looking in? That's it, Mauricio, is that is that simple? And it's just, don't overcomplicate it, right? So many times people will say, oh, okay, great. Can't talk to you. And I'm in a different mindset. Whether we work with that person or not, it can always turn into something. There's always an opportunity there. And you don't know what I'm working with an agent means to that person. Sometimes when somebody registers on a website and they get auto emails from somebody and they've never talked to that person, they say, I've got an agent just because you're getting listings from the Emma, some automated search doesn't necessarily mean that you have a contract that says you are exclusively working with that individual to find a house and you owe them a commission if you, if you do, or if you don't, I don't know. I go, I go on and on there because that's just such a hot thing right now in our industry where I'm working with an agent. And then too many people think as soon as too many agents feel that as soon as somebody says that they can no longer talk to that person. And I think there's still, uh, ways to help educate, ways to help work on your scripts, ways to help see if there's a win-win there. I had a guy who said, I'm working with my best friend. I got my best friend. His name is, I'm just going to change his name for now and call him Mo Man. I'm working with Mo Man. He's my guy. He's going to help me buy the house. And I'm my conversation is, okay, that's great. That's awesome. What area is it that you're looking in? Cool. I've got some unlisted houses in Desert Ridge. So are you thinking condos? Or are you thinking single family homes? Condos? Awesome. Is it the... Do you like more of the Toscana style where you have the, you know, the three stories, it's your doors on a hallway, or do you like the Bellamonte style where it's more of townhomes, you have bottom floor open to the golf course, pool in the center of the complex, upstairs units, better views, fewer scorpions. I don't always say that, but, um, oh no, we like the Bellamonte style. Okay, cool. Let me look through my inventory to see if I have anything in Bellamonte. Is it okay if I reach out to Moment if I have something that's in that neighborhood? And I say, yes. Okay, great. So now I can leverage that conversation that I had with that individual who has a relationship with his agent to go to that community and identify houses, knock on doors, do whatever you got to do in order to leverage that buyer. Hey, I, I've got a, a friend who's looking in this neighborhood. Uh, I just wanted to reach out to see if there was, you had any interest in selling. I didn't know if obviously your house isn't listed. Yes. Okay, great. Let, and then you go back, you call Mo Man, Mo Man, just FYI, I got this property and you try to broker a deal. It's not always about the MLS in today's day and age. Sometimes it's about just being able to broker deals, build relationships with people, figure out how you can help them, and then go out, leverage whatever it is that you have to go out and find ways to help them. Good question, Amy Joe. Appreciate it. Yes, we keep a list. That is an That's an absolute answer. I had a guy that came through an open house and he had, his hat was down, his bill was folded. You couldn't barely see his eyes. He kept his head like this and his wife and his three kids come through this open house. He was the quiet walk around and his wife and his kids made their, made themselves at home. And uh, there's a pool in the backyard, which always makes me nervous. I had to go back there because that's just how I roll. He's doing the silent, the silent walk around. And I love the silent walk around, guys. Like to me, that's one of the more fun, more exciting ones to turn. Because 
you know he doesn't want to speak with a realtor. So why don't you just say that? Why don't you just ask him? I, which I, I do. I enjoy it. I say, uh, so how many open houses are you going to today? Yeah. Right? Like you got to match. I'm a matcher. If somebody wants to be low key and not talk loud, then I want to be low key and not talk loud. Nice. Have you been to, have you already been to three? Did you have to talk to the agents at those other open houses? <laughs> and you have fun with it because that's what we do, right? Like people like that open up. Cool. Or I say, did you, did you find them all on Zillow? Yeah. Nice. No, we love Zillow. Yeah. We put all of our houses there because it helps drive traffic to them. Yeah. It's interesting. Actually, some of the strategies that we use to, to prepare properties for market is, is why we are blah, 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 fill in, fill in the blanks on what it is that you do. That's great. But, um, I enjoy the game. I enjoy, I enjoy converting people that come to open houses into talking to you, even if they don't want to talk to you. And it's all about value. And with that guy in particular, I got him to open up on what he was looking for. Yes, he was moving. He didn't, he wanted to stay in the same area, but he wanted a bigger lot with the pool. Great. Now I have my hunting orders. I can go out. I can search the tax records to find all the houses in that neighborhood that have bigger lots with a certain amount with this at a certain size that have a pool. And I can go target those properties in order to find somebody that might want to list with the guy. I'm sorry, somebody that might want to list with us to sell to the guy. But all right, I'm having fun. What other questions do we have? Because I feel like we could, I could continue down this unlisted path or we could talk about other things. Man, we sent an email today. Should I send the email out? MoMan was excited. It might have been the most excited I've seen I've seen MoMan. If you guys want one of the more effective emails that we have sent recently, as far as responses go, let me know. Give me a, a yes or a no. Otherwise, I'm happy to answer any other questions that come in. Let's see. I did get a text message from an agent. Let me see. Do you have a minute? An agent on our team. Yes. Post to our post to our group what your question is, and I'm, I'll be happy to answer it. Just kidding. Let me find the email that I sent because I assume you guys are interested in it. And we got what? Do you know what? Seventy four responses so far. I'm not sure. We sent it at noonish. Eighty. Eighty. Right now. All right, eighty is right now. So I got an email from somebody because I am. Uh, we did a referral deal with somebody in New Mexico not that long ago, maybe three years ago, and so I ended up on their uh, drip campaign. And I get emails from them. I got different people that I get emails from, and the ones that I there's some that I love, and when I see a good one, I repurpose it. Benchmarking is what it's called. And so here it was. This is the entirety. It, it, the subject line was checking in. And then the email said, Hey, Joe. What can I help you out with today? Question mark. Glad to. Exclamation point. Thanks. 80 responses so far. That was a good one. I like the one-liners. We spend a lot of time. Everybody spends a lot of time talking about what's the wonderful world. The wonderful word newsletters. What's your email newsletter? An email newsletter is like a insurance policy. You got to have it. It's going to go out. You know, you got to have it because that's just the reality of the wonderful world that we live in. But it's not necessarily what creates the most engagement. Individual emails to people that are one line or a blast email that looks like an individual email to somebody that's a one line question that is simple to answer. People respond to the most. I love it. I, I went as soon as I got that, I almost respond to it. I had to look. I'm like, who's this that sent me an email and said, Hey, Phil, what can I help you out with today? Question mark. Glad to. And it came from a client concierge at a, at a Keller Williams office in New Mexico. And I was thinking, what a brilliant blast. And so we sent it out and got 80 responses so far. When you target Jim, welcome to the party. Oh, to how many peeps? I don't know. Eight, 10,000. 10,000. <laughs> But we send a lot of emails to 10,000 people that don't get any responses. <laughs> so to get 80 that come in, it's like, some people say, I'm out of the market, please take me off your list. Some people say, I'm good, thanks. I love those, I'm good, thanks. Like, thanks for checking in. I love those, it's good. We're trying to, um, I'm not big on the slide dial. We've used it before, but I don't love the concept, mainly because 
I don't like to have people slide dial me or slide broadcast is the tool where you get an unknown missed call and then a voicemail pops up on your thing and it's this generic voicemail that says, hey, just wanted to touch base, make sure all is good. If you have any questions, let me know. Thanks, Bill Sexton, Seabuck Team, Realty One Group, 555-1212. And it gets you know sent broadcast to tons of people. I don't love those. Um, one, they're not, it's hard to personalize those because you can't use like a mail merge to make it, hey, Phil. And two, I just, Think it's annoying. I can tell maybe it's because I'm a marketer, but when I have an unknown missed call immediate voicemail, I know I can delete it because that's what that tool is. However, with text messages that have mail merge tools and with emails that have these mail merge tools, love it because you can still personalize it. And it's still, even though it has an unsubscribe link, it still looks like it was one off and we still get a lot of responses from it like it was one off. So we still use those. All right, Jim Mitchell, when you target those potential listings, do you knock on their door or mail them something or both? Ideally both. I love the both. If Especially if it's at an open house and let's say that the last half an hour of your open house was unfortunately had no visitors. You're now in the tax records looking for which houses on that block meet the specifics for that person that, that you met. You leave the open house, you go and you knock on the door. Hey, I don't know if you saw my signs today, but I was just holding an open house. Somebody came in, they said that they loved this neighborhood. They want a four bedroom, three bath, but they only wanted a single story. They didn't want a two story. Do you guys have four bedrooms? Keep it simple like that. Or if you know that they have four bedrooms, any interest in looking at offers from potential buyers, I don't know what your guys' timing might be. And let it hang. It turns into a relationship conversation. And at the very least, you now have face-to-face contact with somebody that's in your marketplace that owns or lives in a house. And in this wonderful relationship game of real estate that we play, we want to get in front of more people that own houses in the areas that we want to sell houses as we can. And then when we do get in front of those people, what do we do with that? After we have the conversation, let's say that it goes nowhere. What do you do with that? What do we do with that, Mo Man? Adam to your database. Adam to your database. Everyone? Everyone? I'm on everyone. No, 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 no. Just the ones that we meet, that we have a conversation with about real estate that live in the marketplace. Like if I'm door knocking and I have a a face-to-face, it's funny because so many people will try to get into this business and they want to farm. I want to start a farm. And that means that you want to convert people who don't know you, who've never met you, who've never seen you to... Convince them with mail, typically, to call you, to trust you so that they're willing to give you to place a phone call to you to talk about business. That's hard. That's really hard. I would rather take somebody that I've met face to face where I actually had something of value that I was asking them about and then follow it up with an ongoing mail campaign because I've got a much better chance of staying in their mind because we had the eye to eye contact. We had the face to face. And so I'd rather go that route and just farm our database of the people that we've met as opposed to going the other way. And that's farming a blanket of uh, a blanket neighborhood, hoping that somebody will call me. All right, Jim, thumbs up. Thank you. Cammy. when you sit in open house, how many signs do you like to use? That's a, that's a loaded question. I, 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 I like to use a minimum of 10 signs and I like to space my signs out so that it's not overly obnoxious at any particular corner because if it's because I was sitting in an open house one time and it was off of Pima Road north of Joe Max and I had some I had a sign that has an up arrow on one side and a u-turn on the other side so when they passed it they knew they could turn around and then I had two right hand turns on this side of the street so that they could have indication to turn in the parking lot and at this same intersection There was a company that used those yellow corrugated boards on metal stands and they put, I don't know, it seemed like 25 signs on both sides of the street. Maybe it was 50, just totally obnoxious, pointing people down the same direction. And that was the one time that I got a big fat orange sticker from the city of Scottsdale that was the sign ordinance issue. This is a warning of a violation. And... I think that it was because of the obnoxiousness of the other individual that had hired one of those companies to put out all those signs. I am on the, um, if I'm going to put out 10, then I want to focus 10 
if, if my house is here and I've got uh, a ma major road here and I've got a major road here, both of which lead in, and I've got a bunch of turns to get there, I want to focus all 10 on bringing everybody in from one spot. I'd rather hit one spot hard, meaning up arrow, prepare to turn right, turn right on this side of the street, up arrow, prepare to turn left, turn left on this side of the street over a large course so that they're not all stacked on top of each other. And then the three or four that need to get to the house, I'd rather have all 10 focused on this to make it look exciting with the three, six signs all on that one road, rather than one sign here on the corner or and one sign here on the corner, if that makes sense. So ideally I like to use 10. I also wanna focus my 10 on one main artery rather than trying to get one here, one here, potentially one here and one here. I don't, I don't like the trying to win on every angle side. And that does that sometimes that bites you because an owner, let's say that we did that example. Sometimes an owner leaves this way, right? They leave their house and they go out for the day. And then, and when they come back to check on the house, they come in that way. And what do they say when they get there? You got no signs out. Why aren't there any signs? You should have more signs. And that's when we have to have the conversation about picking the main artery that we went off of going all in on one rather than trying to just do a little bit on, on all. All right. So Amy, Joe, I love this session. I'm going to listen to this over and over. There are so many opportunities in open houses. I agree. Basically limitless. Yes. But I never thought about half of these. Great. Thanks, Amy, Joe. I love the idea of door knocking after the open house, talking about the buyers you met. Awesome. Love it too. It is. Um, I think that open houses are a wonderful way for us to help sell listings for the team and the brokerage that we work at and meet people that are in the marketplace. And then it's all about leverage. This is a business about leverage. Okay, so Cami, sorry, the screen's refreshing. Are you setting them up yourself or does the sign fairy put those up? That's so funny, Cami, love the question. We, it, our sign guy is definitely not a fairy. Billy is a beast. He works, he's a personal trainer. He, um, he puts out, we have a, I actually, you want, you're talking to our first open house sign guy, just so you know. I remember Saturday, Sundays, one o'clock and four o'clock, I'd be out there. I have a pickup truck, so I'd be out there with 40 signs, setting them up for agents that were going to be sitting in open houses because I'm a marketing guy and that's what you do. I, I really enjoyed the day that I got to train our open house sign setter. And we went through about four of them until we found our current one. And we've been with him for a while and he's solid. He actually got promoted recently to an open house sign guy manager because we now have more people. We have more open houses than one guy can handle. So um, we have open house sign guys. Jeff, best way to capture open house info from the clients who attend. Uh, this is the pen and the clipboard. I don't know. I um I do it two ways. It depends on my feeling for the day. Just so you know, I have had very I've had a lot of success with sign in sheets. Very basic sign in sheets that say name, email slash phone number, and meaning you can do the email or the phone number. Can I take this piece of paper out of here, Marcio? So I have a, let's just call this a sign-in sheet, a clipboard. I love a clipboard. I don't want to send them to a table where they can write. I want them to be able to sign in right where they are. And let's say that this clipboard has a sign-in sheet on it, right? So this is where they sign in. I take the clipboard with the pen that has the sign-in sheet on it, and this will be the flyer for the house. I put the flyer on top of the sign-in sheet on top of the clipboard my pen on it they knock on the door i walk up and i say hey welcome to the party my name's phil and they go i'm i'm mauricio i go nice to meet you mauricio i've got a flyer and a sign-in sheet here for you and then i i take this and i shovel my flyer off and i reach out with the flyer with the um clipboard and the pen and they'll either take it or they won't right let me do that one more time. Hey, nice to meet you, Mauricio. I got a flyer and a sign-in sheet here for you. And sometimes when I shuffle the pen off the flyer, it's awkward, it falls on the floor. Oh, I pick it up, I'm sorry, here you go. And then they sign it. Or they say, I don't wanna sign in. And I say, oh good, here's the flyer. Either way, their reward, whatever they say, is the flyer. The psychology behind it. Hey, I've got a flyer, meaning I've got something for you and a sign-in sheet. I've got a flyer and a sign-in sheet for you. Whoop, there you go. They take it, they fill in their name and their information. I don't rely on that for contact information. I love it. It's a clue for how to connect with them down the road, but I don't rely on that. What I do rely on is having information to then leverage to help them so that um, 
let's say that I was door knocking the day before, that I ran into that Mark down the street, opened the door, said he would be interested in selling. I then leverage that in order to get their real information. And so in during the conversation that I have with them, and Jeff, I know that we're that we're chatting here, I think tomorrow, but which I'm not gonna make that I can't make that meeting. I'm sorry. My wife's due dates tomorrow, and we got a doctor's appointment that conflicts, so my apologies. When you have Mark's when when that guy that was in your open house or I'm sorry, the guy that you door knocked before the open house is down the street, you can say to this guy, you know, I met somebody here in the neighborhood who wants to sell. Let me see if I can get him. Let me see when is, he's good for showings. Uh, after I have the conversation with him, what's the best way to, what's the best phone number for you? Oh, oh I, I, that works. However, here's a, this is, I'm going over time, but now I'm on a roll. I'm sorry. I got one more for you. I take a piece of paper. I love that I have, I take um, like the private remarks. I always have one private report from the MLS and I fold it in half because that's my, can I fold this piece of paper? I fold it in half because that's my thing. And when I say to him, like, all right, what'd you guys think? As they're leaving the open house and they don't want to talk to anybody, he's running out the door and I go, what, what'd you think? And they go, lovely house. What does that mean to you when they say lovely house? I don't keep the door locked so they have to knock. I'm wondering, what does it mean to you when someone, a buyer says lovely house? You like to put price on flyer? No, because then I have to reprint them if the price changes and I don't like waste. I like welcome to the party. I do too. I use it every time. Uh, from client to attend. Yes. All right. What does it mean when they say lovely house? Means nothing. Yeah. Means nothing. It means nothing. It means I need to get out of here. That's a, it's a blow off. Sorry. Mauricio's pointing like we got another one. They didn't like it. Yeah. They don't. They don't want to tell you, right? That's the blow off. You know, there's another blow off in this industry and we get it. I don't even, I don't even carry cards because it's a blow off. When somebody says, did you have a card? Like, no, my answer is no, I don't carry cards. That's the biggest blow off I ever get. I used to hand out cards and you know what? I, nobody would ever call me. So I quit carrying them. What's your best number? I'll reach out to you. <laughs> and then they give you their, if you really want their information. Uh, but yeah, when somebody says the house is lovely, I then call them out on that. The house is lovely, really? That's the biggest, that's the blow off. That's what people say when they have zero interest in the house. Was it the, was it the master bedroom? Was it the backyard? Was it the, what was it? Was it the price? Was it too big? Was it too small? Call them out on it. Oh no, it was too small. Okay, so let's see. We're at uh, 3,500 square feet here. So you're looking and I take my piece of paper and my pen and I say, and I write on it under 3,500, so like what, 2,500 to 3,500? Which range are you looking in? Okay, 2,500 to 3,500, cool. Is this price okay? Obviously you came this name, so it's this neighborhood, 2,500 to 3,500 at 500,000, is that? So this house is 500,000, is that at the bottom of your range, top of your range? Are you 400 to 500, 400, 500, 400, 500? Okay, cool, so I'm writing notes, right? I write notes about what they're looking for, and then I say, all right, cool. Let me look through. I actually got a spreadsheet here with my team. We've got about, last time I checked, there were 77 houses on it that were unlisted inventory coming to the market. Let me see what we've got in this neighborhood between 400, 500,000, 2,500 to 3,500. And then I look down at my notes and I say, assuming that we have one, uh, what's the best number to reach you on? And I'm just staring at my pen and they go, uh, uh, and he goes, honey, give him your phone number. <laughs> And she does. Yes. Okay, great. You write that down. Now my work's cut out for me and I have to set up the expectations. The expectations, meaning if we don't have something that's on that list, obviously it's going to take me a little bit of time to find one. So give me 10, 14 days, something like that. I get out there and I shake the bushes. I'm going to identify every single house that's in this neighborhood that's within that range to see who's interested in selling. And I will get back to you one way or the other. How's that sound? Cool. Awesome. Thanks. Appreciate you guys coming in today. Have a good day. And now the hard work is out there. <laughs> Thanks, Cammie. I enjoy the game. It's fun. I I enjoy it. So anyway, is I know we went over today. They give you on the check-in sheet. It's not always the same phone number that they gave me on the sign-in sheet. And you know what? I had a lady, dude. She's famous. This is my famous Nancy story. I won't give her last name. She lives in Wingate Ranch. We actually ran into her husband yesterday when we went to get lunch. She comes into the open house. She fills in my sheet. We have a conversation where she sits down on the couch and she goes, all right, give me your sheet back. Let me give you my real name. Yeah. Nice. That's the one I love. All right. Thank you guys. Ask Jeff and Phil. Appreciate you asking the questions and your feedback. We're coming back at you. 
Monday. I might have three kids by Monday. There's a great chance I'm gonna have a, a newborn. So anyway, take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Solution hosted by Jeff Seabock and Phil Sexton. Stay up to date by following us on soundcloud.com forward slash Phil or download the Apple Podcast app and search for The Solution hosted by Jeff Seabock and Phil Sexton. You can find links to all of our social media platforms in our description, including a Facebook group link to The Solution presented by Ask Jeff and Phil. Jeff and Phil would also like our fans to know that Agent Metrics is now Agent Truth. If you have questions, please leave a comment below and we will answer those questions on Facebook Live Mondays and Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Thank you for listening. Have a good day.